0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger.
2: Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take you inside the making of TT's 2023 Top 100 for Hire Carriers list. Which we just published on June 26th. This annual ranking provides an updated look at North America's largest trucking companies based on annual revenue. But this isn't just a list of the top 100 largest for hire carriers, it also contains information on each company's equipment, operating divisions, current executives, and more. I really think of it as an annual in-depth snapshot of the industry's largest players. So each year we gather the data for this project through an annual survey that we send out to these companies, and we also incorporate data from companies' public earnings reports and work with SJ Consulting Group to generate revenue estimates when necessary to create the most complete list possible. To review some of our top takeaways from this year's Top 100 list, I'm going to bring in two of my colleagues at Transport Topics, Features Coordinator, Mike Sanatori, and Features Editor and Road Science co-host, Michael Fries. Thank you both for joining the podcast.
3: Glad to be here, Seth. Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: To begin this conversation, I'd like to start by taking our listeners inside the process of assembling the top 100, as well as the industry segment list that we also include in the publication. Uh, so, Mike, you know, I know you've spent uh, more time on this than any of us, so just walk us through how we gather and compile the information for this list.
3: Sure. So, as you said, we do the info gathering primarily through the survey responses that we get from uh, companies in the for hire uh, segment. Uh, the, the process of gathering the info is similar to our last top 100 list, the top 100 logistics, uh, primarily through survey responses, but also for public companies uh, going through public records to find stuff like their annual revenue, their net income, uh, employee counts, equipment counts, all that kind of information we gather both through the survey responses and through the public reports. The big difference between this and the Top 100 Logistics publication is that for the logistics list, uh, our friends at Armstrong and Associates, they help us a ton to fill in the gaps with the data. They provide a lot of information that they gather on their own. And to fill in the gaps on this list, we use estimates from SJ Consulting, uh, sort of an industry that they use their industry expertise to provide us with Estimates for some companies where data wasn't available to us, uh, so that's sort of how we came to our top 100 list this year. And for the industry segment lists, pretty much the same process of compiling the data through the surveys, through the public reports, and through estimates with SJ Consulting.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for that uh, overview, Mike. And you know, it really is a um, a big project. In fact, you know, we. I think we first started talking about this and 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 got the ball rolling on the on the project probably uh, late March into early April. So this is a month long uh, process, you know, a good two three months to you know, from sort of beginning of the planning stages to final publication. Uh, and also, I'll just mention that you know we do get very good uh, cooperation and participation from the companies on this list, right? and there are of course some uh publicly traded companies on this list and you know that financial information is readily available through sec filings but uh the majority are you know these are private companies and uh most of them are willing to share revenue data um and you know that is uh you know really valuable i think for um one you know to to make this list as good as it can be but you know um it also helps these companies i think uh you know, earn the position on the list that they deserve, right? So uh, by providing this information, you know, we can rank them uh, most accurately and don't have to rely on uh, an estimate. Uh, even if it's a very good estimate, uh, what we want is, you know, the, you know, the, the full, you know, most accurate data possible uh, that we can, we can gather. And, you know, our first priority, our first choice is always to get that straight from the companies. And, uh, you know, pleased to see that, you know, that has been strong over the years. You know, you've got really good participation, uh, built some good momentum, and and that makes the whole list uh, that much better. Uh, so, you know, just my sort of word of thanks to all the companies that do take the time to fill out the survey. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's worth it. You know, of course, if you're a top 100, or even if you're a, you know, company listed on the the sectors, um, you know, if you're more of a mid-sized or, or large, but not, not quite top 100 level, uh, I think it's helpful for your company to, Really, you know, kind of plant a flag, and you know, here here, you know, is where we stand, you know, among some of the giants of the trucking industry. Uh, So, that's a sort of an overview of how we put this list together. But with that, I think it was a good idea to go ahead and and dive into the rankings themselves. So, you know, just taking a look at the list, you know, no surprise at number one, you know, package delivery giant UPS is still the top ranked company. Uh, Not a surprise, but. Uh, I do think it's noteworthy that UPS uh, in 2022 surpassed 100 billion in revenue. So the first company on this list, you know, in the the four-hire carrier space, to reach that milestone, uh, you know, certainly uh you know adding an extra digit onto a you know the revenue number. Um, and, and of course, these rankings are based on full year 2022 revenue, as the most recent uh, full year. Uh, but uh, not too far behind is FedEx at number two. Of course, um, you know they're also not too far from that one hundred billion mark at uh, ninety three billion. Uh, pretty big uh, drop off from there uh, once you get past the the, you know, the parcel titans. Uh, but uh, we see JB Hunt Transport Services, uh, you know, trucking and intermodal services provider, uh, moved up one position to number three on the top one hundred this year. Uh, and then checking in at number four is TFI International. Of course, a very large and growing uh, trucking conglomerate based in Canada that uh, you know, is the parent organization for many different uh, brands and names in the trucking industry. In fact, if you look at our top 100 list each year, I think that TFI has the most elaborate um, uh, company operating divisions uh, description because there's so many companies and so many you know acquisitions over the years uh, that operate uh, under TFI. Uh, And then just rounding out the top five is XPO. Uh, XPO is down a little bit. They were number three a year ago, uh, but there's been some changes there, right? Um, XPO is now a pure play LTL provider. Uh, They've spun off their uh, freight brokerage division, which is now RXO. And a couple years back, they also spun off their contract logistics, warehousing, um, e-commerce fulfillment division, and that's now GXO. Uh, So there's our top five. Familiar names, but some interesting movement, and uh, also some very interesting changes further down the list. Uh, you know, Michael, I'd like to bring you in and, and hear your perspective on the updated list. Uh, what stands out to you as you take a look at this year's top 100 for hire carriers?
1: Well, the phrase that comes to mind when I see the list is the the more things change and or the more things get consolidated, the more they stay the same. Uh, you know, so I mean, when you look at the the, the top 100 list in totality you know, there's, there's a handful of, of newbies to, to that list. I think three altogether, you know, you have, uh, you know, ITS logistics at 47, you have a uh, road one at 67 and at the, the 100 list, I mean, hundred spot, you have national carriers. You know, that's, uh, it, it kind of tells me that it's just a, a little bit of what you were, uh, you touched upon Seth, where you, you have that, you know, the MNA uh, consolidation, uh, effect on that particular list you know there there's some that that have made you know slight adjustments you know uh for instance one thing that uh, came to mind of uh, you know Hirschbach uh, motor motor lines uh they were sixty four last year now they they jumped up to forty five uh, I mean, th- that was you know, one big improvement from from them uh being on this particular list um but but what it, what it tells me is just that you know the the bigger is the bigger are getting bigger as you just stated with u p s uh, you know, reaching that uh, r- reaching that notable mark. So you know, it's just kind of uh, just seeing the the, sh- the shuffling that's going on within that top one hundred list. Those, that, that's the thing that that really uh, captured my eye.
2: Yeah, and, and really, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later. But uh, you know, looking across the board, uh, most of these companies continued to grow last year. Um, you know, the freight market you know did uh, soften, um, certainly in the second half of twenty twenty two, and that's continued through the first half of this year. But uh, still you you review you know the uh, revenue and, and a lot of the uh, net income data as well uh, from last year uh, 2022 was a, a good year for large for hire motor carriers Now if you're you know a smaller operator, especially if you are uh, mostly doing uh, business on the spot market you know I think it's a very different story, but for the very large uh, carriers out there uh, was another good year last year. Um, you know, Mike, I want to bring you in as well. Um, you know, now that we're at the end of this project and you can, you know, really uh, take a look at the you know, the list in its totality. Uh, what are your, some? What are, what are some of your, your top takeaways and uh, what stands out to you?
3: Yeah. So, uh, as you guys were saying, a lot of growth on the top 100 this year, pretty much across the board. Uh, huge increases in revenue for a lot of these companies. Uh, due to them expanding their services and diversifying their operations in a lot of cases, there's the jumps in revenue. But in terms of the rankings themselves, when compared to last year, uh, especially at the top of the list, there were a lot of small jumps, companies moving uh, one or two spots on our list, but no real big leaps. Uh, Within the top 30, no company moved more than two spots up or down. So I think that goes to show that this, sort of gives a really sort of a clear shape to the very top of the for hire industry. At the same time, even within the top 10, there was a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, the big one everyone's talking about between Night Swift and U.S. Express. It's not reflected on our list just yet this year because the uh, acquisition is still pending. Uh, has not closed as of yet, but also companies like J.B. Hunt, which ranks number three, Uh, making some acquisitions themselves. Uh, In early 2022, they acquired supply chain solutions provider Zenith Freight Lines, specializing in sort of home furnishing uh, transportation. And also number eight on our list, Schneider. Uh, Also in 2022, they acquired both Midwest Logistics Systems and DeBoer Transportation, and that gave them a real significant boost to their dedicated services. So instances like that show you that these companies at the top of the industry constantly making acquisitions, constantly consolidating with other companies. And it's really, you know, helping them to continue their growth, even in years like last year, where the market wasn't necessarily as favorable as it has been in years past.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting that, uh, of course, some companies that did grow their revenue. Uh, actually, did see their ranking decline uh, because others right. grew faster. Um, you know, so that's the still was a growth year for uh, the large companies in the trucking industry. And uh, to be clear, of course, it, you know, trucking remains a very uh, fragmented industry. Uh, most of the work continues to be done by small and medium sized businesses. Uh, that being said, you know, there is this you know sort of gradual shift toward more consolidation. And uh, the big get bigger. Uh, you can see that clearly reflected on this list. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about M and A, uh, mergers and acquisitions. So, yeah, I would like to you know, turn to that and maybe just get, get a little bit of a closer look. You know what we saw this past year or so. Um, you know on the on that front. Uh, so yes, Night Swift, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, Night Swift acquiring U.S. Express. You know is just a huge, huge. Um, you know, change in the truckload segment and it's the biggest uh, acquisition in the truckload segment since night swift uh, merged, right so uh, right and, and that transaction transaction was announced back in march uh, but because it hadn't closed at press time uh, we did keep separate rankings as mike mentioned uh, so uh, that being said if we combine the the revenues of us express uh, to night swift uh, that would have pushed night swift to number four on this list based on their combined uh, 2022 revenue you know you, you do the math add them together and, and together it'd be uh, about 9.6 billion uh, so clearly a, uh, already a giant in the truckload space but even bigger uh, with us express and of course we'll watch that closely um, as time goes on uh, another big truckload carrier that's uh, moving up through acquisition is uh, heartland express at the number 58 on our list uh, and that's a pretty good jump from 66 a year ago uh so a couple of high profile acquisitions uh, they acquired smith transport um in june of 2022 uh, and they also purchased uh cfi's non-dedicated us truckload business as well as a uh, business in mexico uh from tfi uh, and that was in, in august of uh of 2022 uh, another one that comes to mind here is fast freight group you know a diversified uh carrier based in canada uh they climbed uh, number 59 on our top 100 up from 72 a year ago. And uh, part of that reflects uh, a majority stake in Challenger Motor Freight. And Challenger was number 78 on our list last year. Uh, Also see this in the refrigerated trucking segment. Uh, And the big one there is Hirschbach Motor Lines. Uh, Michael, you mentioned uh, they acquired uh, another top 100 company last year, uh, John Christner Trucking, which had been number 87 on our list. So we're seeing some of these companies that are top 100 level starting to uh, to merge. Uh, and that, you know, for one, that does create some opportunity for other companies to crack the top 100 list. But I think more uh, relevant uh, from a business perspective is that, you know, the big do keep getting bigger. Um, you know, Mike, I'll, I'll maybe just, you know, ask you to, to weigh in a little bit more on you know some of the acquisitions we've seen. Any other MA activity that stands out to you as you look back over the past year?
3: Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, Fast Freight Group, their acquisition of Challenger Motor Freight, that gave them a really huge boost this year. Uh their revenue from 2021 to 2022 nearly doubled. So that played a huge part and they're moving up the list. But what stood out to me the most from that group you just mentioned, sort of the uh the combinations of former top 100 companies uh from that group you just mentioned is Hirschbach Motor Lines. Uh, of all the companies on the top 100 this year, they made the biggest rankings leap. Uh, they moved up 19 spots when compared to last year. They were number 64 on the 2022 list and number 45 this year. Their revenue increased by 95%, and that was in large part due to the acquisition of John Kristner Trucking. In 2021, John Kristner Trucking had a revenue of over $300 million dollars. And operating mostly in the refrigerated sector. And that helped Hirschback more than double their refrigerated revenue in 2022. So, as you were saying, sort of these acquisitions, you know, by companies in the top 100, of companies in the top 100, it's really helping to push some of these carriers further up the list and really help them to continue to. Grow their operations.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that, uh, Michael. Anything else um, as you look at you know M and A and consolidation in the trucking industry? Uh, any other examples that you know either piqued your interest or, or stand out to you as as being? Um, interesting examples of how the industry is
1: changing. Oh, yes. Uh, You know, the two that you had mentioned, the first two that you you had mentioned, Heartland Express and Fast Freight Group, you know, one of the things that, 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 that the similarities to those particular groups and the acquisitions that they made were location you know, with, with Heartland, you know, they had acquired the, they had acquired Smith's Transport, you know, June of 22, but they've also, you know, purchased the CFI Logistica in Mexico, you know, to, to have that imprint, you know, south of the border, that was very important for Heartland Express to, to, to make that, to make that deal. And also with Fast Freight, you know, being from, you know, Canada, you know, they had, they, you with are they're partnering with the you know, challenger motor freight um you know that's a that, that that's a majority stake in that that cross-border trucking company so you know having that location and having that uh, that regional power uh, whichever way they want to wield that i think that'd be a, a great advantage for them and and maybe that that next year you know their their market share will grow even more if your transportation and logistics operation doesn't have a full-time CFO to guide you through challenging financial decisions, you may be the perfect fit for Summit Virtual CFO by Anders. Find out how by visiting summitcpa.net. Yeah,
2: I'll well, appreciate that insight and uh, also wanted to take a look at the just the overall business environment uh, for motor carriers right now. Uh, Of course, you know, our top 100 publication isn't just the list, um, the top 100 list and sector list. Uh, We also do look at the trends and the issues that are facing the industry. Um, You know, one of those, of course, is always just looking at the overall economic conditions and freight market conditions. Uh, And, you know, as we mentioned before, yes, um, the freight market softened last year. Um, You know, it was coming down off of a just an absolute banner year for trucking in 2021 um, especially the, the second half of, of last year uh, we, we really saw uh, both the freight market uh, soften and also uh, truck capacity really loosened up. Um, you know bargaining power has certainly swung back toward shippers now uh, as you know in this looser capacity environment. Uh, that being said you know if you're a large trucking company uh, north America, uh, you probably continued to grow last year uh so just looking looking through company to company you know nearly all the companies that appear on the top 100 uh, did have uh, full year revenue gains in 2022 uh, net income results were a little bit more mixed you know not all carriers report that information but from those who do uh you know it was the majority still managed to increase their profits you know even though the market conditions were less favorable and the uh, second half of the year and you know, moving into uh, 2023 as well. Uh, Mike, um, your takeaways as you look at the revenue and uh, you know profitability figures uh, that we gathered for the project.
3: Yeah. So you said nearly all of the companies on the top 100 saw full year revenue gains. There was only one company on the list that saw a decrease in their full year revenue from 2021 to 2022. So I think that speaks to sort of the scope of that and how almost all of these companies are really, you know, growing their businesses consistently within the top 15, eight of those companies saw their revenue increase by at least $1 billion. So these sort of massive growths for these companies, and it's remarkable how they're able to continue expanding their business and increasing in size, despite these shaky market conditions, you know, and as you said, profits were more of a mixed bag. Especially at the top, companies like UPS and FedEx, they both saw decreased profits in 2022. And this is where those market conditions really come into play, with companies like FedEx warning of decreased demand, which led to lower sales for them uh, throughout 2022, but especially in the back half of the year, as you mentioned. And another culprit here is rising inflation. You know, this, obviously it's affecting everyone, but for these companies, it's really increasing their expenses across the board. So that lends itself to the uh, drops in net income that we see in a few spots on the list.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's a great overview. And of course, we're uh, watching some of the economic indicators closely as we move into the uh, second half of 2023 to see you know, when the, uh, the, the market cycle might turn um, you know, in the freight market, but also what is the macroeconomic condition uh, that, you know, situation that... Uh, you know, how long will uh, consumer spending hold up, uh, for example? Um, so these are all topics, of course, that uh, you know, we will be watching closely. But uh, another topic that I want to get to um, is uh, workforce development. So as part of our Top 100 project, we always examine some of these key industry issues. And uh, really right at the top of that list, I guess for as long as I've been covering the industry, uh, is driver recruiting and retention. So our cover story for the publication looks into how fleets are working to attract that next generation of professional drivers to enter this industry. So let's get into that topic. Uh, Michael, you know, you've spent a lot of time on this uh, issue uh, over the years and I'd like to hear your thoughts on on the workforce issue and and how do you think trucking companies can bring in Younger people and, and really find that next generation of drivers to fill the ranks of some
1: of the retirees that we're going to see. Well, there was a, a great story in the the top 100 issue uh, by Mindy Log, uh, just uh, really hitting uh, hitting those, those particular points about the uh, retention and re- recruitment problem that the trucking industry has been uh, you know uh, working with. <laughs> you know, uh, they're currently currently bailing, but you know it's it's you know it's definitely a challenge. And one of the things Seth about it is just my experience and just. Uh, covering this topic is it's definitely generational and it's generational on, on both sides from the, from the employee to the employer. You know, you have the employer that uh, needs to think of creative ways to, to attract the uh, new drivers. And, you know, th- there's two things that they're running up against. One, it's the, the generational uh, shift and the, and it was pointed out in the Oracle as well. There's one quote that I saw that it said, that it said, that you know the previous generation was to the, the, the live to work where the this uh this potential uh, uh generation the gen z uh sec uh, they you know they, they're you know working to live, and you know that that's a particular niche that you know, these companies have to uh, address if they want to attract those particular drivers and another thing is is the whole age component you know you want to attract new drivers you know there there been have been laws that have been put in place. Uh, that they're lowering the the age of interstate tra- interstate commercial travel from 21 to 18. where but but the the new the average age of the new driver of a new driver getting into the trucking business is somewhere between 35 and 38 where the average age of the driver of a veteran driver is around somewhere around hovering between 50 and 55. so there's a dynamic that they have to address right there and, and just kind of getting into those particular creative ways to attract these drivers you know one of the things that i've always uh, asked people is you know what are, have you met those people where they're at you know at at the high schools or at particular communities where you know they they might not be, might not be privy to a career in trucking so it, it's those particular battles that, that 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 need to be fought on that particular ground level and there are some companies that are, that, that have been doing that you know they 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 have training schools they they go to on site fair classes you know just to promote the career of of trucking. And, and another thing too, about that as well, it's not so much framed in the sense of, you know, this generation doesn't want to, you know, be in the trucking business. It's you kind of have to go find these people because it's one thing that you're going to have an over the road, Uh, a a trucker where, you know, you're going to be gone for a few days, you know, that might not be appealing to some people, but um, there are some people out there, probably particularly some young people out there who probably love that. If you went to a young person right now and said to them, do you want to have, do you want to travel and get paid to travel? I think 11 out of 10 of them would probably say yes. And, and, you know, starting from that particular point, you you want to explain to them and, and, and be, you know, quite honest with them in the sense of what will entail a career in driving and driving a truck. You know, you got to talk about the challenges involved. You got to talk about, you know, there, you know there's going to be times when you have a flat tire. There's going to be times where we're going to have uh, engine problems. There's going to be times when there's going to be certain you know, things that are going to halter you in, in driving this truck and making these particular deliveries. I mean, it's something you got to, I mean, you, there's one thing of of uh, promoting the good, but you also have to, you know, bring in the realistic, uh, you know tendencies that that, that come with a, a career in trucking, but there are people out there. I think it, it's important. It, it's um, it's it's really uh on the, the 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 truck drivers. I mean not truck drivers the trucking companies that that need to uh, promote this and and give the reality of what it's all about. I mean but there's a lot more good and than bad in it obviously but there there has to be uh, you know some creativity involved and there's some some companies that are, that are doing that and it's just gonna be a very you know slow process and that's generational process. So you know you're not going to solve the drug the, the, the driving shortage problem tomorrow you know, next week, next month or next year. But I mean, you definitely have to have some progress and figure out where where these people who want to be in the trucking industry find out where they are and really engage them.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, it's kind of eye-opening, you know, that, uh, you know, statistic of, you know, the average uh, driver, professional driver entering the industry, you know, in their 30s, because it so often is a, you know, a second or a third career um, many, and part of that is the, you know, uh, the long time uh, rule that uh, you'd have to be 21 to operate a truck uh, in the interstate commerce. Uh, of course, there's a you know, pilot program underway where uh, you can sign up you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds to you know, through an apprenticeship program, you know, which is, you know, could o- open the doors for um, more people to look at trucking as a, a first career uh, opportunity, a career that you choose for yourself. Um, not you know as a second or third option, but as a first option. Uh, that being said, it was interesting to you know in Mindy's in in India's story some of the takeaways on you know preferences of younger people, um, millennials, Gen Z. Uh, I guess I'm technically a, uh, an old millennial myself, so I'm, uh, I'm sort of connected to that cohort a little bit. But you know more of a, a sense of um, you know work-life balance, as you put it uh there i think home time is becoming more and more important um you know it's not just pay you know pay is always important of course and that's not changing but you know i think that uh you know you'll see more drivers in the future willing you know would prefer to be home more often even if that means a little bit less on on the paycheck um based on uh the routes they're running and you know, just more desire to, to have the flexibility also, if you're are over the road to, to be home when you want to be home. So it's going to be really incumbent on managers in the trucking industry to try to create schedules and networks and routes that really work for their driver's preferences, uh, not just their customer uh, preferences. And that's a you know quite a balancing act, of course.
1: I, I think another thing, too, is the percentage of high schoolers right now and and the, the younger population not having driver licenses, the driver's licenses. I mean, oh, that's if, right. yeah, if, yeah. that's, I mean, I think that's a very, uh, I think that's an underlying, uh, uh, stat that, that that's really surprising to me. I mean, and you know, there's, there are people I know of a certain age of, of you know, in their twenties and such that, that don't have driver's licenses and, and it's really prevalent. And, you know, the, the Metro areas, you know, especially in the DC area and, and other, you know, uh, other, you know, big metro areas like Atlanta and, and Houston. So I, I think you know that's one thing that these managers have to deal with as well. You know, you, you want someone to, you want to have more drivers, especially especially younger drivers that have a career in driving a truck when some of them don't even have driver's like driver's well, Yeah.
2: That's the foundation, right? First you gotta <laughs> yeah. learn how to drive a car before you figure out how to, to drive a you know eighteen wheeler and uh, that does limit the the potential uh, labor pool uh, to some extent. and I know you you and me we're both from Ohio, so we're like, oh, you, you have a driver's license when you're sixteen and you know yeah. you, it's kind of how you get around. but yeah, if you live in a large metro area and um, you know it's hard to it's expensive just to park a car, right? You can see why uh, a lot of people uh, and if you have good public transport, then uh, yeah, fewer people, young people uh, are getting driver's licenses right away., uh, that is an interesting dynamic and uh, you know, one other thing I'll add is I, I think company culture is becoming more uh, important to employees. I think that that's, that applies to everyone um, to some extent, but uh, I think that younger people in particular want to feel good about who they work for. They want to feel good about their company. They want to feel connected to their company. So engagement, um, communication, all really important. Um, probably don't want to just be, hey, you know, here's your route. Um, Go pick up the load and, and you know, talk to you you know at some point down the line. you, know, you want to feel connected to your company uh, so that, that seems to be a, a trend uh, as well and you know probably you know, a leading indicator of what you know, fleet management and driver management might look like uh, in the years ahead. Uh, but a good topic and I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to touch on that a little bit on this uh, in this conversation. But uh, turning back to uh, the data in the publication, uh, I've mentioned you know that along with the top 100 list, we also published several industry sector lists that we're looking at the largest companies in specific segments within the trucking industry. So that includes LTL, refrigerated, flatbed, uh, bulk, you know you get the parcel couriers, and several others as well. But uh, Mike, were are some big changes or maybe points of interest uh, that you'd like to discuss as you look over those sector lists that we compiled this year?
3: Yeah, so similar to the top 100 lists, uh, across the sector lists, there was a lot of growth in revenues for these for these huge companies. But also similar to the top one hundred, not a ton of major rankings shifts uh, near the top of these lists. Um, every company that ranked number one on one of these lists last year maintained that position this year. And looking specifically at the truckload segment, uh, we discussed the Knight Swift and U.S. Express planned acquisition but it's potential effect on the truckload sector is going to be huge. Uh, night swift retained its number one spot on the list this year, but JB hunt and land system aren't very far behind. And that's something that I expect to change next year, uh, with the U S express and night swift deal, it's probably going to cement Knight swift as the unquestioned leader in that business segment for sure. Um, on the flatbed and heavy specialized list, uh, we saw yet again, some tight competition between Dasky and Wansura system. Uh, I thought that was interesting that last year their revenues were pretty tight at one and two on the list. And that held true for this year as well, despite both of them growing pretty significantly. So that's something to keep an eye on definitely. And in the air and expedited segment covenant logistics overtook Arkbest for the number two spot, uh, they rank right behind the top ranked forward air on that segment. And that was largely due to Covenant's growing expedited services. So as I said, not a ton of movement near the top of these lists, you know, these industry segment leaders really retaining their places, you know, at the tippy top.
2: No, I think that's a good synopsis. And um, you know, Michael, anything else to add as you uh, look over the the sector list that we've compiled this year? Well, two
1: two sectors that kind of uh, got my antennas going is uh, one, you know, is the the packaging carriers. Uh, you know, it's 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 I'm always amazed by it. it's you know it's FedEx and UPS and it's everybody else. <laughs> you know, so it's it's just it's just kind of that 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 uh, you know it's just the, the the big two dogs, and then you have everyone. You know, you have you know Pure Purelator and then on track and then it's just kind of everyone else and and that and it just kind of shows you the dominance of fedex and ups when it comes to parcel and that that is the you know those are the main players that everyone outside of this industry knows when you talk about logistics in general so you have that and and also you know just being fedex and ups is you know primarily those those ltls um, you, you, you have, uh, one particular, uh, segment that I'm always hearing about, you know, may, maybe I'm just focused on, it's just the refrigerate, the refrigerated segment. You know, there's been, you know, a lot of moves, uh, when, when it comes to that particular segment, we talk, we talk about Hirschbach motor lanes, you know, and, and, their acquisition and just the, the big move that they made, you know, they're, they're, they being a refrigerated trucking segment. And they're, I believe they're number three on the list of refrigerated, uh, refrigerated carriers. And it also you, we have the, 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 the new, um. The new, new people on the list, the new, the new fleets on the list, the uh, 100 uh, with national carriers there, they're also a refrigerated truckload transportation and the livestock hauling service.
2: Great. Well, uh, before we close here, uh, I do also want to mention um, clearly that we're always encouraging companies to participate in our top 100 for hire carriers project. Uh, I mentioned the survey, of course, that we uh, issue each year. Um, you know, We appreciate all the participation we get, um, companies that are willing to uh, share some details about their operations so we can put this together. Uh, always encouraging more to, to do so, um, and uh, not even if you're you know, not a top 100 company, you know, not quite at that level at this point, uh, we still publish a lot of data on quite a few mid-sized companies in our sector rankings, so uh, we also encourage companies that are more medium-sized to also participate. Uh, to see uh, if you can earn a spot somewhere on our industry segment lists. Uh, so, Mike, you know, sort of final note here, uh, how can companies get involved and participate in next year's Top 100 for Higher Carriers project if they aren't already doing so?
3: Yeah, so the best way to get involved is to reach out and throw your hat in the ring. Uh, if you email tteditor at ttnews.com, you can request to be added to our survey distribution list. That way... When our data collecting surveys are released, your company will receive that. and You'll be able to submit your survey response, and that will allow you to be considered for a spot on our top 100 or any of the sector lists that we publish as well.
2: Yep, and uh, you know it's amazing. We we immediately uh, finish one publication, we already start to think about the next one, and we're uh, you know already gathering data for our top 100 private carriers list uh, as we speak. So. If you're a private fleet listening to this, uh, the time is now uh, to, to get involved as we uh, put that one together for publication uh, later this year. Uh, so, hey, I think this is a good stopping point. We've uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground here and uh, provided a, sort of a top-level overview of the, the Top 100 Project. So, uh, Mike and Michael, thank you both for joining the podcast and uh, sharing your insights and also for all your hard work on this project and many others.
1: Thanks a lot, Seth. Thanks for having us on. If you're looking for strategic financial guidance to take your transportation and logistics operation to the next level, that's what we do at Summit Virtual CFO by Anders. Find out how at summitcpa.net.
2: So we hope you've enjoyed this in-depth look at the Transport Topics 2023 Top 100 for Hire Carriers list. As a reminder, you can view the entire Top 100 and Sector Lists online at ttnews.com. And of course, if you're a Transport Topics subscriber, you already have a hard copy packaged with the June 26th issue of Transport Topics. We'll be back on this podcast later this year with additional episodes of our Inside the List series as we produce the rest of our annual Top 100 and Top 50 publications. As mentioned, the next one will be our Top 100 Private Carriers list in August. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.
0: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money?